if you've ever listened to a podcast or read one of my books and thought, I wish I knew if that was the right thing for my body, or how could I make that work with my schedule and responsibilities, I've got something for you. A new workbook by me coming out late spring. My Perfect Movement Plan, the Move Your DNA all-day workbook, is for your specific situation because you are going to finish writing it. When you're finished, you will have a guide to a personalized movement diet that nourishes your body in the ways that you need it to. My Perfect Movement Plan is available for pre-order now, and if you pre-order from the publisher, there's a bonus, a free ticket to an upcoming online workshop, Spot the Missing Micronutrients. It's a 90-minute class where you'll learn about five often missing movement micronutrients, and these are subtle movements of the body. In this case, we'll be looking in the shoulders and the hips and the feet that are often tied to pain or injury in those areas. In this workshop, I'll also show you how to supplement with exercise vitamins. I'm putting air quotes around vitamins and how to adjust your regular movement so exercise supplementation isn't as necessary. Pre-order now at mpmpbook.com. That's my perfect movement plan, mpmpbook.com. And you'll automatically receive a bonus class ticket. But wait, there's more. Um, I'm going to be drawing three names from these pre-orders and these peeps are going to get a small group session with me to go over your perfect movement plan. So you can ask me questions and we'll brainstorm your specific situation on a Zoom call together. I cannot wait. So head over to mpmpbook.com for all the details on the book and the bonuses. Read through the frequently asked questions, order the book, get the class, and then get moving. I'm so excited to share this workbook. It's the missing puzzle piece you've been waiting for, and it's so very actionable. This is Katie B, and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com slash podcast. Enjoy. You're listening to Katie Says, the podcast that helps you become aligned and well. Join us for conversations with Katie Bowman, biomechanist, creator, and director of the Restorative Exercise Institute, author, teacher, blogger, mother, and total body nerd. Understand the mechanical causes of modern ailments, learn how to fix them, and restore yourself to a more functional state of natural human movement. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement, and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such. And now, your host, Danny Hammett. Hey there, it's Danny. I've got Katie on the line. How's it going? Like a fish. Like you <laughs> caught me? <laughs> you goofball. You're a goofball. I am. So, today's episode is going to take us along on Katie's latest big adventure. So we're going to be talking a little bit about the value of rest and retreat and how 
Katie Ann Bowman, the woman who rarely takes a break, does vacation. And hopefully she brought us something cool back. I hope. I did, but I think you're really most responsible for my my vacation or how I did this vacation, actually. It's because I was talking to you that it even happened. Well, let's then let's go forward. All right, let's sally let's forth. So you do this this neat thing, not every year, but almost every year, where you kind of do a health recap in your Katie Says blog at the end of the year. I do. And in your 2014 health recap, you determined that you needed a break because you had a heck of a year. It's true. It was a really hardworking year for you. Very productive. And you decided that you were going to take more breaks and you were going to do a retreat, which was a big deal for you to put together with everything you got going on, right? Right. Well, you have to step out of your life. And and for me, like retreat, when I use retreat, I, I really mean retreat from technology. I, I have a pretty balanced life. I work a lot. I produce a lot, but I can produce a lot quickly. But I just, you know, I get tired of the computer and the cell phone and the email inbox. So retreat for me means none of that comes with me. That's a good, I mean, that's a good way. I guess it means something different for yeah. everybody. But Well, that's what it means for me. And that's hard to do because... We're in a very busy time. You know, you have books coming out. There's just a lot of technical stuff that has to be released on a regular basis. And there's always problems. And I'm still, you know, it's a very small company and I still run it day to day. So to go for seven days with nothing is, it's a big deal. But it's necessary for me, I realized. Well, and, and what made that clear to you that it was necessary? Um, You know, I think... When I start to feel physically ill, logging onto my computer, not oh no, not emotionally, <laughs> but like my eyes. I think oh. it has to do with my eyes. I think the eyes are a really big indicator for me of when I'm been overloading because I I process everything visually. You know, I am a huge, I'm a voracious reader. Um, I've been, I mean, I wrote really two books within a 12 month period. And then all of that, it's not just sitting and writing it. It's, it's all of the, the editing and the promotion and then the podcasting. I think I did 50 podcasts last year. It, it's just, it's a it, wonder it's just, you could still talk that you still have a voice. Barely. Yeah. I got an email from someone out there who was like, I can help you with that, <laughs> that voice problem. That you, I mean, I, I'm already, I'm already pretty a uh, horsey of a talker. Like I have kind of a, you know, like a Demi Moore, low rattle thing in my voice, but it's clearly fatigued. I clearly do not know what I'm doing. So whoever emailed me, if you email me again, yes, I will do a Skype session with you, but I have lost your email in the 500 emails I get a day and I don't know your name to search it. So just send it to me again. And I accept. That sounds like a good plan. Yeah. And then they can, then they can talk to me too. So after you're done with Katie, anonymous voice coach, please. (laughs) Please Skype Danny Hemet because I also need your help. We could use it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, so that I guess that's good that you were aware of what makes it why you needed to take that break. So yeah. tell us how did you spend your vacation? Well, I went to Sita, Mexico. Which, which is, like- is so good. Just doing that would have been amazing. Yeah. You're the one who told told me about that you let the cat out of the bag. I know. Sorry, 
But should we uh, even put this on the podcast? I don't know if we should. <laughs> Did you just have a minute of panic there yes. going, oh my God, yeah. I don't we should it, we give it a fake name. All right, let's go back and let's give it a name. I went to Hoobity Doobity, Mexico, and it was a beautiful coastal town and amazing. It's very difficult to find Hoobity Doobity, Mexico, but yes, it's, it is it is coastal beauty yeah. at its finest. Yeah. So did you just go to hang out or? Well, it's funny that you should ask. Thanks for asking. No, I did not just go to hang out. I took a three-day MoveNat retreat while I was there. MoveNat. Tell us about MoveNat. Oh, you love MoveNat. Why don't you tell us about MoveNat? <laughs> I do love MoveNat. In fact, I was talking <laughs> to Katie uh, last year about Mexico because I was getting ready to go to Mexico. I go there every year and I, I, I do go to Hoobity Doobity, Mexico as well. <laughs> and she was asking, oh, you know, I, I need a break. I want to go to Mexico. Is it good to go with kids there? And I'm like, yeah, it's great. And I just said, and you could go to Irwan LaCour's MoveNet retreat. And she was like, wah, wah, ooh. And then I don't hear anything from you until... You tell me, hey, where's that place you stay in Hoobity Doobity? And I said, don't even tell me you're going to go to the MoveNet retreat. Oh, you stinker. So I, I love you, but I was just filled with raging jealousy for a long time about that. MoveNet is, well, you could probably describe it better because you've experienced it firsthand. I've been following it for a few years, as you probably have. Yeah. Um, but it's natural movement. You know what? So anyone who just wants to get a visual sense of it, because I don't think that we could even explain it in words to justify it. But how I first heard about it was in a a circulating video. um, And I think it was back in 2009 or 2010 of Erwan LaCour doing these like beautiful, beautiful things, jumping from rock to rock and, and scrambling and, and, and pushing a log while swimming through the river. That was my favorite piece. So there's a video out there that just has this demonstration of this man who is doing what would be perceived, I think, as like superhuman <laughs> things, even though they're not superhuman. They are, in fact, very natural types of motions, doing them effortlessly, doing them not in a, all right, let's get our move not on. You know, it's not like a training or anything. It's just this beautiful flow of movement of a, of a human being over the earth. Right. So, yes. And, and it's practical movement. And, and that's, what's so cool. I think. Yeah. Well, it's practical in a place and time. Like, I think that like a lot of people tend to argue like that's not practical, and it's like, but of course it's practical. It's it's human practical. Right. But you have to see that like the, the move net is simpatico with nature. Like it's about moving through nature. But we can even talk about more of the, techn- the technical stuff that I learned in the course. But that's what move net is. And, and Erwan LaCour is move net. Like, <laughs> he's fantastic. Yeah. And what I mean by practical is that one of my early exposures to move Nat was I think an experience life article that did mm. the thing on him. And um, he had said, we go to the gym to get beach body ready. You know, do you have yeah. a beach body? And he's like, to me, a beach body is being to swim out to somebody right. who's drowning and, and yeah. grab them, swim back and carry them up the beach. He goes, that's beach body ready. And to me, that's the practical nature yes. of yes. this is to be, to be helpful and and to be able to actually do the things you would have to do if we weren't surrounded by every, you know, 
all the technology and and civilization basically that we're surrounded with. So and and also I think a big philosophy of MoveNet is to be of service to others. Um, in times of crises, certainly, like you're training to be ready for any moment. And we can talk about a moment that actually came up while on retreat, which was amazing to see a real life scenario, but also to be able to pick up your child. You know, if you take your kids out to the back country, something that we're talking about all the time, right? It's like move net, take your kids out and take them on these hikes in the forest. Like, well, what happens if somebody gets hurt? Could you hump your kid out? Could, could you carry your, I mean, I have smaller kids, right? But I could mm-hmm. carry my 70 pound kids. But what if, what if your daughter who's older, how old is she? Um, she's 10. Right. So what if she fell and, you know, heaven forbid, broke her pelvis or something and really required physical labor over five miles? Like, could you do that as a parent? And is it responsible of you to stay physically capable of dealing with what might come up, you know, in these situations. So there, there is very much a at service to each other all of the time, you know, can you carry someone's groceries for them? Do you ever do that? You know, it's just, it's beautiful. It's a real, it's a real beautiful philosophy, I think. Oh, I'm so excited to hear about it. So, (laughs) so how was this, the retreat? You said it was three days. How was that structured? It was two and a half hours in the morning, six to eight 30. And then it was two and a half hours in the evening, four to six thirty. My husband and I did it together. So this was our it was our first time really doing anything like this together since having kids, which has been almost four years. And so we had some friends who came with us who who were with the kids, you know, when we were gone. So it was it was it was like our it was for our wedding anniversary. Each of our birthdays were right before and after Valentine's Day. It was just like kind of just this was a gift that we gave to ourselves for all these things. So we would walk like a mile. We would barefoot walk a mile down the dirt roads of hoobity doobity to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> we should see, can we put hoobity doobity on Google Maps just to like um, mess with everybody? I I'm sure we know someone who can. So. There probably is a place called Hoobity Doobity already. But anyway, so we would we would do this kind of 15 to, you know, 18 minute barefoot mile walking down through the sand in the moonlight, you know, just to get totally ridiculous because it started it started like 90 minutes before sun up and you were just it was on the beach. And then when we were done, you could walk back and pick up your coconut, you know, and put your straw in it and drink your coconut water. The guy just hacked the the top of the fresh coconut off with the machete. So it was, I mean, it was like kind of ridiculously wonderful, but at the same time, life is ridiculously wonderful. You just have to tune into what it was. And I was like, this is a really good reflection of just how beautiful life is all of the time. You just have to, it's easier to see it when you're on vacation and in the well, moonlight and, you know, and- drinking a coconut, but... <laughs> And not plugged in. I mean, you removing right. the electronic yes. Uh, yes. factor is huge. Yeah, it is. And, you know, my life here, schlepping kids and working is just as beautiful. Like, it is it is just as beautiful. The scenery was just a little bit different there. So it's kind of more about paying attention. Yeah, but it, it was. And it's just less clutter. Like, as soon as we came back, we're like, we need to get rid of – I mean, we yeah. already have a very minimal house. And we're like, just pack all this up and – get rid of it. What do we need this and and that? And we're like that kind of anyway, but just going minimal for a week, you know, minimal clothing, minimal shoes, 
minimal work. It just puts you in a very particular mindset that you then, when you get back to your quote, real life, you are just highly motivated to make your real life look like the experience that you just had, which I think is one benefit of retreat is that you get a real clear picture of how different something can be. And then at least at the beginning, you know, you can make a lot of changes to make it look like that. But Anyway, that's a really good point about yeah. retreats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now you got to plan your exit strategy to hoobity doobity somehow. I think, you, <laughs> yes. I mean, and I, uh, there's been a lot of beautiful places in my world um, that I've been to, and hoobity doobity was one of them. But I know if I don't make it, you will probably be living there at some point. We'll come visit. Okay. That sounds good. I'd be down with that. Okay. So your early morning mm-hmm. and then in the evening. So tell us, like, what kind of stuff did you do? Well, it's really hard to explain. I mean, it's, it's, it'd be lengthy to explain. But it was a lot of stuff that was, quote, simple in theory. But upon execution, you realize how challenging it is to do. And, of course, anything becomes challenging to do for two and a half hours. But... The first day was just assuming lots of different sitting positions, very similar to the think outside the chair poster. You know, if you look at all of those poses and then you imagine running through them, all of them, you know, for two and a half hours continuously coming up and down and up and down out of them to pay attention to how you're transitioning your body. You know, it's very easy to say, hey, look at this guy's kneeling on one knee on the ground in the poster and then get down on the picture or get down in your house and emulate that, but not pay any attention to how you got down and back up, that that you're seeing the exercise as the when your body looks like the picture. But what MoveNet is really focusing on is, did you get down by using your hands? Did you get up by using your hands? Can you do it evenly, right side versus left side. And in that way, it's not very different from restorative exercise, you know, the stuff that we're doing. It's just a lot more, you know, things that just never really, really practiced so much because my population is a lot more uh, usually injured and working from a place of not having that much movement. So, you know, there's like, say you have five different resting positions on the ground, like there's a squat, there's kneeling on one knee, there's sitting, you know, on both feet tucked under you with your feet crossed or whatnot. So in addition to getting up and down out of them, there would also be transitioning from one to the other without getting up. Meaning, do you have the mobility in your body to switch from kneeling on one leg to kneeling on the other without leaning forward to put your weight on your hands so that your legs can move and then resting back? Can you support your body weight through a smooth transition. So there was a lot of this gliding and I think it has a lot of like a martial art or or fighting background meaning like one of the functionalities of, you know, crouching from one position to another is if someone's like coming at you and you need to shift your position. If someone's coming at you and you have to lean forward putting your head down, put your weight on your hands like you've lost all your spring power from your legs. And you're very vulnerable. So I think MoveNet has a very big remove your vulnerability philosophy to it. Remove your physical philosophy, your physical vulnerability. I think that's isn't that, that's one of the three tenets 
of MoveNet, I think, is Combat is one of them. I don't know because I didn't not, study it. Yeah, he's got he's got like three three mm-hmm. things, but but one of them is, but not like to go out and kick some butt, right. but to like you said, to have that ability to do that. Whether or not you're in that situation, you should have that ability to do it. Well, right. I mean, it's protection, right? It's right. protection and it's being of service, protecting someone else, and it's amazing. You know, we talk about natural terrain and texture. But there's a big difference. Like things, it was a real, it was good for me to fill in a lot of um, experiences that I hadn't had. So, you know, I do a lot of my work in a studio or in the home because that's, again, the population that I'm working with. I do a lot of outside work and I'm helping people transition to walking outside. But I had never knelt and come up off of the ground on coarse sand for two and a half hours before. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, oh, were you always yeah. on the sand? Or... Yes, we were oh, always on the God. sand except for the last day, which was a essentially a two-mile continuous moving forward through simulated survival, like a drill. It's like, here we go, and we headed up and over, and we were just moving down the cliffs and beaches and over the rocky formations of hoobity doobity. Oh my God. Barefoot. I that mean, it must was, it have was, been so awesome. I bet you slept so well at night. Well, you did for just so many reasons. But yeah, yeah so knee calluses. I came home with knee calluses. Hello. <laughs> yeah, like I, I mean, it's like, of course. So and now it's not to, just your voice that's gravelly and rough. It's your knees. Right. It's my knees to match my hands and you my have, feet. You which, have to me more knees. So that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've missed you. I've missed you, Danny. <laughs> they should uh, bring so, me to Hoobity Doobity next that's time. That's right. Please. That's right. So yeah, so that a lot of combos, um, like a lot of forward rolls, backward rolls, um, a few sprints. But again, it was about intensity from other and other types of ways. Endurance, you know, I, I find the a, a large value of intensity coming from endurance, even if the thing is quote not something that would get your heart rate by doing it one or seven times, when you do it continuously for an hour, you know, your heart's thumping pretty well and in different parts of you are, are moving, you know, instead of just like going out to like run for exercise or walk uphill or hard, that there are other things, a lot of jumping. It, it was fun. It was, it was fun. It was eye-opening. It was thoroughly conditioning. There was some tree climbing. It, it was great. And it was great to see a group of, you know, very fit and healthy people who didn't know how to do any of these things, had really never even done a squat before, you know? So it was just, it was very eye-opening in general for everyone who came, Um, especially there was some, there was some person who brought, there was one man who brought his girlfriend as a surprise and she didn't even know what move Nat was. Oh my. So that was like, whoa, that was, that was kind of, fun to watch someone who had no pre-existing knowledge of even like this idea of natural movement or ancestral health or or any of those things. Like it was, it was just like, wow, what is this like for someone who knows nothing? It's like, well, we got to see that, you know, it was fun. What what is it like for somebody that thought they were going to hoobity doobity to eat burritos and drink margaritas and lie in the sun? And they're like, what do you mean? That's what she thought. She said, I was like, I'm in, it's beach. And it was at the airport. Like, here's your plane tickets. Let's go. And she's like, awesome. You know, margaritas, beach and, (laughs) and five hours a day of move nat. You're welcome. You're yeah, and I, I brought you. home knee calluses. So that's right. But wow. it was fun, and it was great, and and people were hardcore, and 
it was really fun. You just kind of bond and then you're on the streets of hoobity doobity afterwards and, you know, walking around and seeing people. And it was, it was really nice. It was a small, and it was a small group. I think there was 20 people. So it was a Erwan liqueur, essentially private instruction for 20 people. I mean, I felt like it was private instruction and it was, you know, lots of while you're sitting there, you know, just sitting there in a squat for 27 minutes before moving onto a different squat for six. And then that like you are, you are just engaging in its discourse, right? He's presenting, he's a beautiful philosopher and a wonderful speaker. I have lots of Erwanisms in my head (laughs) that I, that I think of, you know, when I, when I come back and of course, you know, the accent doesn't hurt. I was, I was going to <laughs> say, is it happening in an accent in your head when he, you are saying those things? It, yeah, his accent isn't that that heavy. Although sometimes he would, he would uh, when he was like, I'm feeling very French. And then he would <laughs> add a lot of Z's, lots of Z's. But my favorite one is like, <laughs> I don't know, it was kind of towards the end. And it was just, you know, he's like, culture is bullshit. And like, <laughs> that's, and that's a quote. That's a quote. That's a quote. But that's. But that's, you know, it just kind of sums up this very limiting, you know, people are bringing up like, well, what about this? And what about this? It's like, that's your, like, these aren't questions about your body. These are questions about the culture. You know, mm-hmm. type thing. So mm-hmm. anyway. So you had, now he wrote the foreword to your latest book that is he coming did. out, the, mm-hmm. the Whole Body Barefoot. And you had talked to him, what, on the phone before? Or ha- I mean, had you ever, was this your first in-person meeting with him? It was my first time I've ever met him in person. We had had communications before. He reviewed Move Your DNA. That's and, right. Um, we had exchanged, you know, emails because we're essentially working on the same large plan. There's a lot of similarities in, in what we're doing. And, um, you know, the attraction of what it is that we do is very small, um, I don't know if it's fortunately or unfortunately, because it is, it's more of a cultural issue than it is a physical issue. You know, you could have a, you could have a restorative exercise or a move not, here's your list of exercises to do, and then you will be a restorative exercise or move not awesome. But that's not really what either one of us are saying. What, what we're saying is these moves don't even make sense to do them if you're not also thinking about how you live your everyday life, that that the solution is so much bigger than what you do for this one hour. How are you thinking? How are you spending your money? Who are you spending your time with? What are your priorities, physical or otherwise? And and because that is very weighty, we're brought, you know, we have lots of popularity. MoveNet has lots of popularity, but compared to all of the people, you know, in the country, it's very small because it's a very um almost counterculture. I mean, it's, it, counterculture movements can you know tend to be pretty small. So you have to stick together. So I think that we feel that way, that we can definitely work towards facilitating each other's work. Like, so he was very gracious to write the foreword for me and, and I'm always willing to do anything, you know, for him. And I, I think that move, I think that move that is a really nice natural progression for people, the people listening, you know, still have separation in their abdominal muscles and they've got knees, you know, that are pre-surgery and hips because like the deficit of movement is so great. And so I think that that's what I spend a lot of time on is helping people with the basics, like being able to do a squat and go for a walk that doesn't hurt their low back and their feet and, and adding this alignment portion 
which then once you are up and going, then you can transition over. Or if you're already doing move nap, but something is bothering you, you can kind of refine going, oh, yes, it was this little tiny piece, you know, that I wasn't considering before. So, so yeah, so that was the first time I had actually met him in person. And it was great when I, we came down in our first five, five in the morning, it's dark. You don't know how many people, you don't know anything, you know, you just, you're just wow. walking to the beach to see, you know, where you're going. And he was, he was there and, and, you know, he said, you know, hello and hello. He's like, I knew you would come in via the beach. <laughs> instead of via the road, you know, and it's like, uh-huh. of course, why wouldn't I be walking on, why would I walk the streets when I could walk the natural terrain instead? So it was, it was, I felt like, oh, you know me. Yes. You Although know, the, so street, the streets of hoobity doobity do provide their own challenges. So they really, they really do. Yeah. <laughs> De- yeah. Definitely not all flat level no. surfaces. And the baby turtles. Oh yeah. You got to see the walking baby from turtles. their nests. Oh mm. yeah. Little flippers. Yeah. Oh. I was like, this is like school for our kids. Like, okay, science done, you know, because <laughs> mm-hmm. they just watch them come out of the egg and wobble on down the beach to the ocean. Oh, that's awesome. Little ping pong ball eggs. Those are yeah, so see the cool. One, the one with the broken fin that's not going to make it. And it's like, why is it not going to make it? It's like, well, some seagulls have to eat, you know, like it's just, mm-hmm. it was just beautiful. Again, life is beautiful. Yes, and you were staying right down by that turtle place, weren't you? I was. Um, yeah, well, I was where, I mean, I stayed in the hotel that you that you told me. Yes, Danny, I will stay there. So, yes, we were very close to the the turtle sanctuary, which is like, you know, just a plastic fence around. See, I only use my Jedi mind powers for good. So just to know, make you stay places. And puns. Yeah. That just good come, and puns yeah, and that good just puns. comes naturally. Oh. So you just talked kind of about the similarities between restorative exercise and move nap. What would you say are the, the differences that you really noticed from your point of view? Well, I think that, you know, what I do is I break down, I break down things, technically speaking, um, for those people who really need to know who want to know. There's a whole bunch of people I don't, I think who was like, whatever, just tell me, I don't care. But then there's a whole group of people I think who feel almost unable to move, who are afraid to move. They don't understand why and how to do it in a way that doesn't reinforce, you know, their injury. So in, in that way, I think I'm more technical isn't really the right word because it, there is a, there is a technicality to move net. I, I would say that it's about the level of detail. I think I'm presenting a lot of scientific premises, because I'm coming from that more scientific mindset, where I would say that Irwan's philosophy in general is our relationship with science is just made it where you don't have any common sense anymore. Like, do you really have to wait for a piece of paper saying that behaving this way is okay before you choose to behave that way, which is a very valid I agree with 100% of, you know, his entire philosophy. That being said, I am someone who just really enjoys like my my way of being is seeing, you know, the the molecules of things and how they go together. And not to say that he say it's kind of weird. It's not to say that he's not like that either, but I think he might be looking at the molecules on an even deeper level, which is just it is how it is and and knowing about how it is doesn't really change how it is, you know, to a certain point where I'm more like if someone has a block though on seeing how it is, sometimes knowing how it is will facilitate seeing how it is. So we're just, 
we just are different. He's a Virgo. I'm a Pisces. <laughs> he has a goatee. I don't. And that's pretty much the only difference. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so it's, it's just that. And, and then there's a lot more, there's a lot more power in move now, you know, with restorative exercise is, is the evaluation and the breakdown of how you are moving on a smaller scale. The biggest, I think I reassemble motion back into is, you know, long distance walking and carrying things like your children. I'm thinking about birthing outcomes. I'm thinking about more from a medical health perspective. And then Irwan is kind of assembled. Like these are motions that, that really you should have always been doing, but if you can get back to doing, you will, you know, be insanely functional and have the matching physical beauty that you're after as well. Like if you're just after physical beauty, there might be multiple ways to get there, but that physical beauty might not also be functional. And he's kind of merged them together. It's like, here's how you can have both because you can't have that kind of power and function and not look like a form, you know, that has that power and function, whatever that version is relative to yourself. Um, and I certainly subscribe to all of that. I think I just, I'm working with a population that's starting 100 steps from taking their first move nat class. And he is working with people on day one of taking that move, move nat class. Wow. It sounds like it was a super profound retreat. It was good. I'm I'm kind of just feeling all overwhelmed just listening to it. And I wasn't there in hoobity doobity. (laughs) But you were, you were in my mind. So for you, I mean, how will this shape your direction or will it I mean, you're always creating new content. You're always researching. You're always learning. What do you think? What was your big takeaway for your work with this? And well, then for and then for you personally, or unless yeah. it's the same, it's the same. Okay. My work is me, and I am my work. There's no like I, I don't present any different than how I am and how I think, and therefore I can't think, you know, or present any different than I am. But I would say that it was just kind of, it's about the how broadly you put a stroke on something. So I think of it like this, and I'm going to probably get lost in my own example, but remind me of where I was before I left. I went to a midwifery conference and I was presenting there. And in the mid the midwifery community, you know, it's very much like birth is something that you can do. It's natural. It doesn't need to be over, you know, medicalized or overthought. And are we interfering with this natural process, et cetera? So I'm, you know, giving this, this talk and all the questions are like, yes, but like, so I, you know, I keep my mom's fit by having them walk like one mile on the treadmill every single day. And we do this number of squats and, and I'm having them, you know, get adjusted. And, and, and it's like, they have this idea of natural that applies to only one thing. And that is birth, not everyone, but in general, it was like, we totally get the natural thing and it's about birth. And meanwhile, everyone's in, you know, two inch heeled clogs and, you know, and, and you already subscribe to this paradigm that nature, you know, knows what it's doing, you know, to overgeneralize. But what you're not seeing are all of these other areas where how you are behaving or the, the line of along which you are thinking is not natural. And therefore, those begin to affect this natural outcome. There is a colleague who is also a barefoot advocate 
But while he's a barefoot in all situations advocate, he's not necessarily an advocate for natural or organic food or other preventive things. I remember once he had put out something like, name one other thing that humans do to protect themselves before they actually have a problem before shoes. And I think I fired off like 10 of them. It's like (laughs) almost everything we do is preventive. He's like, well, you have to do those things. And it's like, so he could see that it was not necessary for shoes because that was his thing. But he couldn't see that it wasn't necessary for all those other things because those weren't his things. He hadn't really thought probably about them all the way through or his thinking was influenced in some other component that wasn't there for the for the minimally shod or barefoot all the time argument. So it, it's just the ability to apply the thinking that you already have to other pieces. So the callus was like a real huge eye opener for me. It was, you know, I talk about hand and foot callus and function and and loads texture to the feet and hands and how your body is busy adapting to that. Yet. I had never thought about it on my knees before. Not that I hadn't been on my knees thinking about it, but I meant like I had never thought, right. I am also missing a callus from my knees and how much of the rest of my skin is understimulated. This, the resistance to doing something difficult because you didn't want to scratch your skin where my kids have no problem hiking through a berry bush because the scratch is insignificant Yet the scratch is what brings about, you know, a, a more robust immunity response. It was just, it was just broadening my mind through experience. You know, you can only really, you know, I talk, I talk about this in restorative exercise. Like, how can you teach a motor skill that you yourself do not have? So this just gave me more personal motor skill that I can now include in my in my mental understanding, you know, I don't know if it's, it's kind of next level stuff. So for the next level people, it's still getting down and up off the floor. There was one really cool moment of, and this is, can I do an exercise today? Can everyone well, yeah, do and I, I was, that exercise? I, I, I want you to. So, please, so this please. was, this was one that was really profound for me, um, especially because I do so much pelvic work. So you're standing, or if you're not stand up and you are going to squat down, I don't care how you squat down, your heels can come off the floor, but you're going to squat down into a deep knee bend. Your toes are on the floor, but your heels might be, but they don't have to be. And your knees are up off the ground. Now say you want to go to a kneeling position from squatting down. So your knees have to get to the floor in front of you. Now I've done this, you know, a hundred times a day sometimes, you know, because you're getting up and down off the mm-hmm. floor. But usually your knees just kind of crash to the floor because I hadn't really broken down how to get my knees to the floor. And then, you know, everyone's trying to come up and down and you're like trying to hoist yourself. It's like, okay, get on your stand. All right, squat. Now get your knees to the ground. Boom. Now come back up. And it's like without using your hands, right? So it's like, crap, what do I do if I can't use my hands? And so he was saying, you know, you can drive the motion by tucking and untucking your pelvis. So when you're down in a full squat, when you want to get your knees to the ground, you'll tuck your pelvis under and which gives you kind of a core and hip control to lower down those six inches or it's a six inch arc, right? That you have to travel to bring your knees to the floor. But here's the thing. So, so that was huge for me. It's like, I just, was always just throwing my knees to the ground. I didn't think of articulating my spine to bring my knees five inches closer so the drop was only one inch. It was just kind of like 
dropping the six inches, which makes doing that uncomfortable. So then you don't really ever do it because who wants to be flinging their knees to the ground all the time? Okay. So now I'm down on my knees. I just followed what you said. Okay. And so the same thing, when you want to come up, then untucking is part of the mechanism that gets you back up. But, but there's another piece. So go back to before your knees are down. So now you're standing again. Did you use your hands to come up? Because if you did, no. you'd be in trouble. No, I'm but just I, kidding. Didn't, I, I just had to kind of hoist myself up because I didn't understand right. the tucking. Okay, let's start again. Okay, so you're standing. Now you're going to come down to a squat. Now, as you tuck your pelvis under to bring your knees to the floor, you will find that you roll onto a different part of your foot. Yes, can you feel that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have to have lots of foot mobility. This was already in my repertoire, just this understanding of what might be limiting you getting down to the ground is not your core strength or your hip strength, but your foot mobility. Because if your foot can't easily deform at the toes, right? So as you're dropping your knees closer and closer to the floor, you're coming up on the ball of your foot. But ideally, as you come up on the ball of the foot, the rest of the foot should still stay low, but that doesn't usually happen. Usually the heel yeah, my flings off. you forward. So there's this brief out of control movement and move that is trying to get rid of that brief out of control movement. So it requires all the same things that we're talking about, joint mobility and strength. And so um, another big difference is as you're in, in, in a move that course, you know, and you try to do this exercise and you want, you realize you have no pelvic tilts. You can't control tucking or untucking. You've got no mobility in your foot you know, the response is you need to work on that. Okay. And then next to the next move net exercise where I think that what I like to do is come up with, well, what are the seven exercises to work on that besides just do that more often? And when you put them together, you begin to go, oh, I have a glimmer of control and I see it. And then, okay, now they swirl around each other. And then now you move on to the next move net exercise to figure out what correctives you need to make that possible for you. That's how I took it. So did did people know who you were that were in the the group? Um, y- yes. You know, I think there was a couple who had said, you know, kind of in this circle after we had gotten started, you know, like, are you Katie Bowman? And it's like, yes, I am. Because <laughs> it's really hard to hide my this, whatever this voice thing is. That's go- and I wasn't trying to hide. Um <laughs> And it wasn't, you know, it was, they're fine, lovely people. We were, you know, we were cohorts. We were in this together. They, you know, yes, I am Katie and we are in this together. And, and um, so, yes, there was that. And then someone else, I think later put it together. Like I heard you on the Rob Wolf podcast, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then there were more people. And so I, I just, what I wondered is because, you know, how you like to break stuff down. And I wondered if anybody who really knew your work would come to you at lunch and go, Hey, no. you know, that thing we couldn't do. Can you help me do that? No, but nobody no. was really. No, and I don't think anyone would do that to me on a retreat. Like, I'm clearly not working. I'm clearly learning, and and no one – I was glad that no one did that because that would have been – it would have been – you know, it's, it's who I am, and it's what I do. It would have been fine. But no, nobody did that. But what was the most mind-blowing, strangest thing for me – like, I'm still – I don't feel any different than 10 years ago – Yet what has happened this last year is almost everywhere I have gone, you know, as far as going out to taking my kids to the zoo or, you know, going on an airplane or in this case, going on vacation to hoobity doobity is being recognized. That's very strange for me. Somebody recognized you in hoobity doobity? 
Yes. On the beach while I was walking, not in the retreat, nothing to do with the retreat. And so that was, it was strange. It's strange for me. She was lovely and um, wrote me a lovely card afterwards and dropped it off at the hotel. And it's just very strange for me. And I've began to recognize when someone recognizes me, which I didn't really clue into before. So there are other people I believe who do recognize you who don't come up and say anything. Like I, I don't think I would go up. Like I saw Faith Hill once in the grocery store at Whole Foods in Nashville, but I wouldn't go up to her just because I'm scared, I guess. Or I don't know. I would love well, to go and yet, like, oh my God, I love what you do. But yeah, I, but you don't want to, I mean, you're a courteous person too. Like I wouldn't, I just wouldn't yes. want to pester Right. Somebody. Time, I don't, I don't want to say that the person, people who come up to me are pestering me because I'm right. certainly, I'm not Faith Hill, you know, like every single person in that grocery store knew who she was. I was on a beach with 5,000 people and one person knew who I was. So it's very different. And it's I'm still pretty cool that you were recognized. Though. Well, I just meant like, please feel free to come up and say hi, you know, like it's, it's not, my life is not being turned upside down by, <laughs> by, um, people bogging me at the grocery store. But I just think it's really interesting because we were on the beach doing this retreat, you know, and then I saw people go by and I saw people go back and then you just start recognizing when someone is walking away from you, but still looking at you multiple times and you see it at the corner of your eye. I'm like, okay, I think I know what's going on. And then, and then when you start walking, you know, they'll come to kind of intercept you accidentally on purpose is how it's happened before. Like I was just at the, the zoo and was around this person for a long time before they're like, I know, who, you know, I love your blog and stuff. And, and I was like, and I'm always like, I always think it's a mistake. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. What? You know, and because I just can't like, it's still abnormal for my mind, but it's very lovely and wonderful. And I'm glad that she came up to say hello. And if I had more time, I would have you know, giving her a calf stretch. I don't know what I'd do if I had more time, but, but it was, that was, that was the kind of the culmination of my move net retreat. And then I, she was like, what are you doing here? I was like, I'm on a move net retreat. I was like with Irma on the court. She's like the French guy, he's here too. And so, yeah, it was, God, her day was made. That's yeah. awesome. I mean, my day's made just hearing about it. Second hands. Yeah. I highly recommend it. You should do one. Uh, you know, I actually, I'm kind of in that, you know, how you talk about how you help people in the population that are 100 steps away from when I met you, I was 200 steps away when I met restorative exercise. Mm-hmm. Now I'd say I'm maybe 75 or 50 steps away. So it is one of my things that I would like to do. But yeah. um, I've still got to, you know, I'm still working on all those there's still some issues, physical issues that would prevent me from really, I think, getting the most out of it that I could. So, well, I mean, there's that. But I'm like, I'm a huge fan. I'm such a huge fan of his stuff. I read everything that he produces and, you know, do what I can of it. Um, but just, I, I do think he is, he has a cool philosophy from what I've read. And also, I think that he would, like, doing what you can is what MoveNet is all about. Like, you're always doing all that you can. The fact that the challenges are a little bit more difficult, they're only difficult because they're something that you haven't done before. Like, so you you can't do a four-foot jump. That's not, MoveNet is not execute this four-foot jump. MoveNet is jump however far you can, pay attention to how you jumped, pay attention to the fact that you never choose to jump that's move now. Mm-hmm. That's like, cool. you can do that. So in that way, it's really accessible for everyone. But if you 
have a lot of worry in general or or you or you just don't feel comfortable in your body then you know you can definitely do some prep work as you you know you said that you've been doing along the way but i wouldn't let i wouldn't i think that you can make it accessible certainly just by doing the videos and and reading it his new book's going to be coming out next year which i can't wait for so I know, that's that's cool yeah and and there are a, there's a lot of his resources online that people can look up Sure. You know, just go to, to movenat.com, right? Yeah, and their Facebook page has got a lot of video. I mean, you could Lots. you could go try three twenty you could spend two or three hours there right now just Oh yeah. Like, like you, he is generous with his his knowledge and his instruction and um really good at sharing that just to get it out there. And I think that's that's the mark of an incredible teacher is, is somebody who just wants folks to learn. Yeah, he's a I would say that if I could some up what he's doing. I see he's a, he's a living offering. Whoa. That's heavy. Is it? It is. It is. That's cool. But I wouldn't have thought of those words for you, but it's the same thing. So for me, you know, you just, you help a lot of people and give a lot to a lot of people. So I think it's cool that you guys got to be together, that you got to learn. I'm assuming from each other. I don't know if he ever asked you any questions or no, I mean, it's like, I, I don't, I wasn't there for that. Again, I, I mean, I appreciate it just, I would appreciate not always having to teach. It's very important for all teachers to spend a significant portion of their time as students. And I was able to do that and I really appreciated it. I'm glad you got to do that. Yeah. All right. Well, once again, we talked ourselves over. That's us. That's us. <laughs> That's us in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I'm glad you got to do what you set out to do, and hopefully you'll be able to schedule some some sort of retreat as as often as you can, at least once a year. Yeah, I do a I do a full tech break once a year. Um, this is the first time I did you know a retreat on that, but I'll be doing more. You know, kids are a little bit older, and and it's just a priority. Retreat is a priority now. That's good. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for sharing with us. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for doing the show. Well, my pleasure. Totally. (laughs) All right. All right. I'll talk to you later. Ciao. Bye. Thanks for listening. For more information, visit Katie Bowman's edutaining blog, katiesays.com. For books, online classes, downloads, and continuing educational courses with Katie, visit the Restorative Exercise Institute at restorativeexercise.com. You can learn more about Danny Hammett at moveyourbodybetter.com.